Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. everybody this is Sandra Beck and I am visiting today with my good friend and my fitness health everything guru she's so wonderful <laughs> Dr. Lori Shemek she wrote the book Fat Flammation you can pick up your copy at a local bookstore on Amazon and she has helped me a lot over the past gosh I think it's like five or six, maybe seven years now as I've started on my own health journey and you've been a big part of my overall success. And today, Dr. Lori, I would love to talk about feeding your feelings and self-worth and, you know, why do we choose the wrong foods? I can tell you, I had a recent breakup and the first thing, I kid you not, Lori, I went out and bought Fritos. Like, it was the only thing, and I love Fritos, but I don't eat Fritos a lot, but I had to have Fritos. Yeah, I remember Fritos well. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do, why do we, why am I doing that? What am I doing? It's because you're trying to comfort yourself in any way that you know how. And, you know, a lot, that's why food, you know, food's readily available. You know, I remember when, uh, and first of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's really just an honor to be here. It's always with you. Uh, you're wonderful. Um, but, you know, I, I have my own story. I usually shut down when I'm stressed or upset and don't eat, right? But this one time I put my dog to sleep. I had the vet do it. And so I left there and there was a McDonald's just right there, you know, and I was like, you know, I don't care. I'm going to get a hamburger, you know, and it was like, and which is unlike me, which, you know, and it was like 25 years ago, I guess, but it, it really, it didn't help me. It really didn't for one second. It did. Um, it made me stop thinking about the, the sadness of it, but I think that's true for everybody. We all have, um, we want that respite from the pain that we're going through. And sometimes a lot of us don't even know what that pain is. We don't know the difference, say, between emotions and feelings. Um, it's, you know, we get these physical sensations that feel like hunger but they're really not right, um, and it's really it's really, it doesn't even matter how we label it. What matters is, you know, where is it coming from? Where is it originating from? So, okay, if so, I get kind of the concept of eating to comfort us, like you know, when you have mm-hmm. a bad breakup and you get the Ben and Jerry's out, or you know, <laughs> whatever can be. But it, does it become a habit? Um, like reaching for food because of uncomfortable feelings? Oh, it, it's abs- it absolutely becomes a habit. And it gets rooted when we're young children. The first seven years of our life is we're in a essentially a theta brainwave state, right? We're downloading um, all the information from our parents, from our, the, our world around us, right? Our siblings, everybody. And we're just taking in all of this information, downloading it. And so when 
you fall down and scrape a knee, your mother says, here, have a cookie. Right. Or on the other hand, if you got an A on your report card, your mother says, here, have a cake. And so it goes either way. Yeah. And you see food is, is connected with every area of celebration, every area, even when there isn't celebration, you know, we have, you know, even at the office. So you go into the office and somebody's mother um, turned 80 and they brought in the leftover birthday cake or whatever. Right. Oh gosh. I hate that because it's all junk. Oh, I know. It's really, I mean, if, if I had an office where I had employees, I would not want them to bring in unhealthy food like that. I just, because it's, you know, this is another tangent of mine, but it, it really does tamp down on their, really their clarity, their, their, their thinking skills or cognitive decisions. And you want your employees to be at their very best, right? Right. And you want them to be healthy. So when they're scarfing down that candy, every time they pass by that candy bowl, they're eating that sugar it's causing more inflammation and I can go into that uh, if you want later, but yeah, it's, um, it's a real issue uh, for people dealing with food and no matter whether it's a celebration or not. Well, and that's like my pet peeve in the kids' schools, you know, my kids are in the Los Angeles school district and, you know, some of the kids' uh, classroom sizes are 35 kids. So when you add in all the holidays that we have in the school year that are food related, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, you know, the, and then put in 35 birthdays Mm -hmm. in 30 weeks of school, you have a phenomenal amount of junk going into your kid. I can't even imagine how you handle that. I know um, there, there was this one podcast I was listening to and, oh, it was Peter Atia, MD. And he was talking, he's phenomenal in terms of his uh, intelligence regarding health. And he mentioned one day that he was tired of his children eating all this junk food, just mm-hmm. the same thing you're talking about. So he went to the school and he said, I do not want my child to ever ingest another cupcake again. (laughs) No, I can't even imagine doing that, but still on the, you know, but he had the bravado to go in there and say, no, none, you know, can we have alternatives? Is there something else we could all do? And uh, I'd be more than happy to pitch in, of course. And so, you know, but he got the, the conversation going and I think that's where we need to go. See, I was totally shut down. I went in, you know, not long after I read your book and really started on my own journey and watching my kids and their friends put on weight in like third, fourth, fifth grade, like not good. And um, yeah, when I went in, I pointed out that everything is salt, fat and sugar. You know, in the prepackaged meals, they come in in boxes, they throw the wrappers away, they stick them in something, warm them up. And, you know, I asked for a salad for my little guy because he did, he loves salads and he, he would eat them. And they would have like one little bowl set aside for him for like 600 kids. Oh my goodness. You know, and then it stopped and, you know, that, you know, I ended up sending lunches, you know, from, from that point onward to, to help with that. But mm-hmm. you know, when you have big industry and the food industry is really big in education, it's big money. Oh yeah. It's huge, huge money. And, you know, and so I'm not saying that never have a cupcake again or anything, but if, if it's a constant um, issue, I think it's very important that people 
um, really take charge of their children's health in that way, and you know, as much as you can, because if we grow up that way, I, when I was in school, we never had, you know, we would have maybe, I don't even remember having birthday cake in school ever. Oh, you I just went either. to a birthday party, you know. Did and you have, have the trays? Like, you yeah. remember the tray? You'd get the little milk for like five cents. And right? then there'd be like little <laughs> boiled peas and a little, you know, you had like, but you had at least kind of a balanced meal. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And so really, um, it's, it's important that we pay attention to all of, uh, you know, all of the feelings we have around food, why we're so uh, drawn to food. When we know that, that's part of the battle, right? So a lot of times people, you said, is this a habit? And yes, it is a habit and it becomes addictive that people rely on food to get through things. But a lot of times things are struggling with or are a challenge, but a lot of times they don't realize that that's why they're doing, why they're eating. All right. Now, personally, I know like when I get bored, I just tend to go to a snack. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's, that's, part of what this is all about as well. So um, when you know that, you can, you can do something about it. But a lot of times, it's hard to grasp that you may be feeling, say, anger with, say, a partner or a friend. And instead of acknowledging the anger, you just let it, you may feel it a little bit, but you let it go. And the next thing you know, you are chomp, you know, chomping down on some chips, okay? So uh, without understanding that the origination of all that behavior came from that anger. You know, Lori, I'm so excited because Robin is able to join us to talk about, you know, some of these, these issues that we have with feeding our feelings. Hey, Rob, I'm so glad you made it. I know. I'm sorry I'm a little late, but, you know, Lori makes such a, a great point. Um, so many times I think we not intentionally, but we mask our feelings because we're thinking that we need to be strong. We need to be the, the, the anchor of everything around us, whether it's the family, the, 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 the job, the everything. And sometimes masking our, our feelings and our frustrations then is going to become latent in, in crash somewhere else. And um, those are the things that are really hard we, to identify sometimes. And um, it's great that we can talk about it so it helps us sort those things out. Well, Rob, I know that I have, I have a lot of frustration feelings because, you know, I want to take better care of myself. I want to do yeah. all these things, but mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be enough time in the day. I forget. I lose mm -hmm. things. You know, I'm going 100 miles an hour with my hair on fire. And that's one of the reasons that I really want to thank our sponsor today. Mm -hmm. um, it's a company called Care Of, and Care Of is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized to your specific health needs. And for those of you following along at home, you can go to takecareof.com and we have a great, um, we have something great for you today. We're going to give you 25% off your first care of order. If you go to takecareof.com and enter the promo code military mom, like our show, military mom talk radio. And before you do, though, go to the website and take this short quiz and answer questions about your diet, your lifestyle, you know, fitness, health goals. And what's really cool, Rob, is Care of puts together this personalized plan just for you. 
It's true. I did the quiz. It only took about five minutes. And what's wonderful is that it really narrows down the areas of your concern. So if you know you are trying to work on um, maybe a little more calcium or a little more bone health or a little more heart health, those are the areas and it really does customize your vitamin and supplement plan. It's wonderful. Well, and they put your name on the packets, which I really like. I mean, I have a 15-year-old that's like a human hoover, and he eats all my stuff. Like, I buy certain things, you know, for my body. And, you know, with summer approaching, I am really wanting to make health. I mean, it's always, health and wellness is always a super priority for me. But I really, I need a grab and go. I'm a grab and go girl, and I need energy, better sleep. I want to maintain my stress. And you know, something that helps me feel my healthiest, but it can't be more work. Like it can't be more work to my day. And that's where the fun online quiz asks me about my diet, my health goals, my lifestyle choices. And then they give us this personal scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendation. So Mm -hmm. when you answer these questions about like, you know, how's your sleep? You know, do you need help with weight management, healthy hair, skin and nails? Check, 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 check. (laughs) But even age, I mean, obviously I'm a bit older than you and bone health is an issue. It's a serious issue for someone my age. Mm -hmm. Um, Even just between my husband and I, you do need to take care of your health and it should be easy and convenient. And with his rack of medicines and my rack of medicines to be able to have them identified and it's really easy. He doesn't need to take estrogen. He needs to take <laughs> else, you know, he doesn't need what I'm taking, uh, but obviously that's, that's not my issue either, but I love how easy and convenient it is. And, um, the fact that it brings your healthy routine into your daily life rather than your daily life stopping to put a healthy routine into it. Well, yeah, because I'm a grab and go girl. I like that they're yeah. all packaged up. I just take my package and You know, the other thing that I really like about these products is their protein powder because they have not only individual protein packets, but they have, you know, the bulk that you can buy and you're like the big jug. It's not really bulk, but but I know that the stuff that I'm putting into my body comes from the best sources and they're transparent about where they get the stuff, where it comes from. And their protein powders are available, like I said, in these individual packets um, for on-the-go moms like me. And you can get the tubs. And they can be personalized to your fitness goals and dietary preferences. And this is my, like, you know what, Rob? The environment is really important to me. And their individually wrapped vitamin packets are now made from compostable plant-based film that meets the same safety standards. So your vitamins are kept fresh and they're also good for the environment. So we're not putting plastics and toxins back in our environment in our desire to be healthy. That is so awesome, isn't it? I love the fact too that their vegan and vegetarian supplement options are available to match your dietary needs. For example, the protein powders are either a plant-based or a whey-based. So if you are um, uh, one who has to watch whey or or uh, lactose, you definitely uh, have an option there. And sometimes you don't have that uh, on the shelf. So this was something that I was really interested in. Well, and I like that it's a subscription service, so I yeah, don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about it, exactly. You know, and sometimes like when I go to buy my vitamins and I go to the different stores, it's like, 
-hmm. I come home and they sit on the counter and I'm in a hurry and I can't dump out, you know, five different vitamins. Like I'm in a hurry and to be able to take a pack and throw it in my purse and throw it in my gym bag, take the protein powder, throw it in my gym bag and know that it's not going to split or leak or, you know, it just makes it easy for me. So, you know, it's healthy, it's easy, convenient. There's a big difference in this company because they care about the environment. So Mm -hmm. I'm encouraging everybody today to take the online quiz. So you're going to go to takecareof.com. And after you do your quiz and you get your personalized packages, um, put in the promo code military mom and you'll get 25% off your first order. That's takecareof.com and enter promo code military mom. You know, Rob, I already feel better about this. Like I, I already feel like I've taken control of my health. See, that's one thing. And now you can face the world. Yes, I can face <laughs> the world. And, um, you know, feelings are, are hard for me. Yeah. Well, and I think for some of us, Lori, it's really hard to feel feelings. You know, mm-hmm. I've never been really good at it. You know, when people ask me, what are you feeling? I usually got nothing. Right. <laughs> A lot of times I can't tell the difference between, like, I know the difference between happy and sad and angry, but there's for a lot of us, at least for me, there's not really a whole lot of nuances there. And it's really hard to think back to, especially if you're going fast, like I'm a hundred miles an hour girl with my kids, Mm -hmm. everything going and doing and this and that, you almost have to slow down enough and go ask yourself what you're feeling. And, you know, that's not my real strong point. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's important, I guess, to differentiate. So when you have an emotion, our emotions are happy, sad, they're inborn, right? And they're common to all of us, but um, the feelings are very different and they're for everybody. They're shaped by, by the type of personality we have, the temperament we have, our experiences we've gone, uh, gone through. And there's many ways really to feel a particular emotion. And um, if you can really recognize and differentiate between your emotions and your feelings, it's really critical because a lot of times people will, you know, react in a way that, you know, they're feeling frustrated. And so they go for that box of cookies. Okay. And um, if you understand that, where the origination point is, if you can really pinpoint it, then you are really ahead of the game. So what's the difference between an emotion and feeling? I, you know, I use those words the same. Yeah, they're, they are different. An emotion is uh, what we're born with, right? Mm-hmm. So feelings are, um, they're an offshoot, if you will, of say happy, you could have contentment, that's not an emotion. It's a, it's a feeling, right? Um, so irritation is part of, could be part of the anger emotion. Uh, frustration could be part of an offshoot of the anger emotion, but it, regardless of really, um, how we label it, if we know that, you know, I'm frustrated. Okay. Why am I frustrated? Right. Uh, then we can backtrack and find the originating point. Hopefully, well, usually, what happens to me, and you know, I'm I'm probably like an old car. You know, it's like either I'm happy or I'm sad, or I feel good or I feel bad, and mm-hmm. then trying to deconstruct in there 
isn't always easy. Right. So you could be happy and relaxed, right? Mm -hmm. Relaxed would be a happy, would be, would be an offshoot of the emotion um, of, of the feeling of the emotion of being happy. So, um, you know, you, you can look back on each of these situations and if you, and if you can find clues that you experience an emotion, uh, you know, I know like, if my hands are tired, like, you know, like they're stiff, I know I've been like clenching my hands while I work, or sometimes my shoulders are stiff from squishing them in, you know, I look more at the physical mm-hmm. um, to help me identify what I'm feeling. Yeah. It's, and also I think, um, using words, people, we all use different words to describe, not all of us, but a lot of us use different language. I might use a different word for happy, the, the feeling for happy than you do to describe it. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's kind it's basically trying to decipher what's causing the, the eating, the comfort eating, if you will. Could it be and, just you're tired? Like sometimes when yeah, I'm really tired. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause tired's not really a feeling. I like you feel tired. Right, right. You know, but sometimes you're just so tired and it's. Um, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, but on the other hand, then you're making a decision out of, you're not being cognizant of what you're doing. So um, I, I really think that, you know, when we pay attention to what we're doing, no matter what's going on, the emotions going on, am I tired? Am I frustrated? Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I um, clueless? <laughs> right? Then, then we can make some decisions if, we, if we're aware of what we're doing. And that goes to mindfulness and awareness mm-hmm. as well. And there's a lot of research out now showing that mindfulness and awareness are really important. Well, yeah, because, you know, you can go through, like, for me as a single soul-supporting single mom and taking care of my, you know, gosh, Lori, he's going to be 86. What? Um, and healthy. And healthy. Thanks to you. I mean, once we kicked him off that diet Pepsi, diet cola, diet everything habit. Yay. And his colon cleaned up, and we had, oh, my gosh, we have such, you know, we have such better days. Um, oh, I'm so happy to hear that. He's 86, yeah. huh? 86. Yep. 86. And, um, yeah, cause when we first started working together and talking, you know, I was, I was, gosh, my mom had just passed away and that was like yeah. 2012. And, you know, I was struggling with the nutrition between my kids and their issues and my dad and me. And, um, I think in those days I just got so overwhelmed mm-hmm. and, um, I still do a lot of your tricks though. Like, you know, the other day I have this deadline due and I've got a bunch of stuff. It's the last week of school for the kids. So I bought all this prepackaged vegetables, pre-chopped, pre-cleaned, pre you know, normally I would do all that myself, but something had to give. And I wasn't going to like get into like everything prepackaged, pre-made. I mean, these were chopped up pre-stuff, but it was a better decision than I made in the past, which was member hamburger fest. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> My four o'clock diet Coke and my hamburger and French fries. Um, yep, I do. I remember you know, that. Well. Yeah. yeah, because it's, you know, you can get really out of control. And there you, and that's, a, that's, you know, um, 
in a sense, it's you taking, not taking care of yourself first. Right. And yeah. And it goes back to, you know, the, the old airline adage where you put your, your, your oxygen mask on first, right. Before you help others. And um, so once you know, once you become aware, because emotional eating can also be a direct result of not being conscious of what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's really important to be aware of what you're eating. We don't want unconscious eating. We want uh, you to know what you're going to eat, why you're eating it, and uh, not let, and just not care enough about yourself, okay? And, um, you know, also this comes to mind too, that a lot of times people, you know, just eat strictly for the pure pleasure of it, as opposed to for nutrient, uh, as a nutrient, nutrition tool, right? Or nourishment. Like you're not nourishing. To feed the cells in your body. And I remember I had a client one time and I asked her, I said, what, how would you feel? if you did not binge or overeat. And she said she would have nothing to look forward to. And she loved getting home at the end of the day, eating that big, you know, bowl of ice cream and cookies, you know, uh, half the thing of cookies or more. And um, so, you know, you think about the, the, the effect food has on our brain. And it's all chemical, right? Mm-hmm. So sugar and white flour has an effect on the brain like an opioid does, like cocaine does. And, um, and this also triggers feelings of just feeling great. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're, you're binge eating, you're getting a longer, bigger dose of it. Right. Well, and I think it's sometimes um, ritualistic too, because I'm, I'm real good. I've like kicked my diet soda habit, you know, like now I, I got spin certified and I teach spin at four, four thirty when I normally had my diet Coke, you know, fix or diet fix. And, but I will tell you, you know, recently we had some, some trauma in our family. So my dad had a stroke and, you know, some, I mean, he's better now. Thank you. But at the time, it was a little bit of a freak out. And my elder son came and he's like, mom, he goes, I think you need a Diet Coke. And he like runs to the garage and he gets a little can. And I'll tell you, Lori, when he popped that top and it went like, and he poured it in and he handed it to me. I was so grateful for like many reasons. Right. But it was familiar. It was my old habit it, I, and I could feel myself like in a yoga class, but you know, I'm literally in the kitchen. Just go, oh, okay, I have my diet Pepsi, my diet Coke, all is right in the world. Right. That's all in <laughs> and, my head. <laughs> and it is. And uh, yeah, because you know, you're not getting that. Well, I guess you could really be getting that um, neurotransmitter kick, but you know, it, it's, you know, really important to, that we all be able to tolerate difficult feelings. What do we want? Do we want to feel better in the moment or do we want to create inflammation in the body that builds upon itself over time? Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, to some people that might sound like a really foolish question, but it's a really important one because if you do something that it's, it's kind of like, 
you know, if you, you ask an alcoholic to take one sip of a drink, you know, is that a good thing? No, it's not. So, um, but you know, really if we can't tolerate difficult feelings, then it's an issue for people to overindulge and and not saying that what you, that one soda is what you were doing, but, but for many people, um, that's why they find so much comfort in food. They just can't get into the, the difficult feelings. And, and same with any other drug of choice, if you will. You know, it's just practice. And once you let yourself experience these difficult feelings, you make it through. And, and I do know that um, it's e- much easier said than done, okay? But once you do that, you will empower yourself and your reliance upon these comfort foods, if you will, uh, will disappear. Well, and I think we need different tools. Like, you know, I look at my kids and as a, as a, um, a result of my high conflict divorce with my ex-husband, my kids and I went through a lot of family counseling and it was really good for us, Lori. I mean, because, you know, I come from a family of stuffers, you know, stuff yourself mm-hmm. down and, you know, that good old German, you know, we don't, we just handle everything. And um, I really didn't have the tools to handle the emotions that I was feeling, even if I could identify them. And what am I supposed to teach my kids? Like, if I can't handle my own feelings, I got no chance in, in helping them. Um, but I realized, like, we're a whole generation, Dr. Lori, of people who were, you know, like, everything was take a pill. Everything was just... If you look pretty, keep your mouth shut and look pretty and somebody will marry you. Um, smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke a cigarette. Don't worry about your lungs, but you'll be thin. Right. <laughs> you know, nothing was about, hey, what's going on with you so that you can have either talking or journaling or yoga, you know, working out the things we I know today to do. Proactive. Right. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's really important that we come to terms with things that bother us. And if we can really, like sometimes something will bother me and I'm like, what is, what's wrong? Yeah. It's just a split second uncomfortable feeling. And I ask myself, what's it? And I stop and I make myself go back to what is really bothering me. And I find out what it is. And it, more often than not, it's very small something. But that that's the kind of thing I'm talking about where mm-hmm. we can easily bypass these feelings, right? Yeah. And, um, and, it's, and it's really a cultural thing that's going on too, as, as well as um, people who don't like the shape of their body, the way they look, the way they feel that leads to dependence upon, you know, food, uh, comfort foods and drugs and things like that. And um, in fact, really it's one of the biggest proponents of, um, of uh, emotional eating. Well, yeah. Cause when you're unhappy, like I think of my, my really unhappy years, you know, the, mm-hmm. the years like I had just, had two babies, you know, I had gone through these fertility treatments. I mean, my body was a mess. I mean, it really, it was low on everything and my muscle tone was terrible. And, and just, 
you know, I would look in the mirror, Lori, and I would cry. And I just, I hated everything that I saw. Like, I can't believe I look in the mirror today and I don't go like, woo, yay, you look great, you know, but I'm, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not, there's not that awful feeling that you, you let yourself down. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's, and you are not alone. There is so much, I have a podcast called this podcast burns fat. and uh we were just named the the one of the top weight loss podcasts for 2019 so we're we're really happy about that but um you know we have a guest who's coming on and she's going to be talking about that very thing you know how you you know how the way we feel about our bodies ends up uh creating how we feel about ourselves which is very sad it is, especially you know? like, you know, I look on TV and I look on the trade magazines. You know, I always like to look at the dresses and see what the ladies are wearing, you know, and, you know, to all the different awards and everything. And you uh-huh. see them bounce back from these babies, you know, they oh, have a baby right. or, or they have surrogates, you know, so they don't even get all stretched out, but, you know, they bounce back so fast. And even though like logic tells me, I mean, Lori, I have a master's degree from Northwestern. I'm not, you know, I'm not, yeah. not highly educated but even I fall into the trap of oh my gosh look at her she just had a baby and she's you know snapped back like a rubber band and how did she do it right yeah how did she do it I can't do that yeah and then the self yeah the self-incrimination begins yeah it yeah it's you know the the solution is really um it's multi-layered it's complicated and it's different for everybody. We're all unique. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, but one thing is, you know, it seems almost absurd to say, you know, love yourself no matter what size you are and who you are, but that that's where the complexity gets in because so many people were raised with, remember I talked about that programming early in our, in our lives they were raised to not appreciate different body types or different uh levels of fitness or you know people with disabilities or whatever it is um and so they project their hate the the uh whatever it is they're dealing with back upon themselves and it is really sad and um it, but you, the one thing I must say is that you have to stop hating your body really before you can stop this emotional eating cycle. Yeah. It really is important that, that you come to terms with that because, um, you know, and there are a lot of people out there that are proud of their bodies no matter what size they are. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. And I'm constantly amazed, Dr. Lori, you know, I can walk in somewhere and feel so ashamed that, you know, my pants are a size 12 and, you know, and I'm tall. It's not like I'm a teeny little girl, but you know, and I've got all this, and there's somebody, you know, a size 18 rocking it. Like, like I remember Delta Burke was so beautiful. Right. I and know. I never once looked at her like she was a, you know, bigger overweight until I saw all the trades training us that that's not beautiful. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's true. And so I'm really happy there are people out there uh, that are doing that. And, you know, they're not hopefully obsessing about what they're eating and how they're eating, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. It's really important to have some eat healthfully yet have 
um, what's the word, a balance in your life. And uh, one of the things that, you know, I tell my clients, I tell everybody is that, you know, if, if you do everything right 80% of the time in terms of uh, feeding your cellular health, right? And cre- creating cellular health, everything, your hormones are going to work better. Everything is going to be better. Your thinking, your mindset, you uh, won't be hating on yourself so much because you're, you know, your body's getting the right nutrients for better neurotransmission, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then, you know, if we can do that, we're not torturing ourselves with um, trying to figure out, you know, overpaying for those special diets you see on TV or those meal plans or whatever, but balance 80, 20. So 80% of the time you are taking really good care of yourself. 20% of the time, if you want something, then have it because that 80% of the time you are creating a body cells that are more insulin sensitive. And that's a really good thing. It is one of the markers insulin sensitivity is for optimal health and that promotes weight loss. Okay. Over time, you're going to get better and better and better. And so when you have, when you tell somebody, it's like the, the, um, you know, pink elephant, you know, uh, uh, theory, you know, if you tell somebody not to think about a pink elephant, what do you think about? Right. (laughs) And so that's exactly the way it is with food. If you tell somebody not to eat something, if they know that if they're pretty good for 80% of the time, then they get to eat it. Then, then that's good. Yeah. Well, and I think like, I'm a big proponent of like, you know, my downfall is chocolate chip cookies always. Like I just <laughs> love them. Frozen, raw, cooked, burned, wow, yeah, crumbs from the pan. Um, but if I really wanted chocolate chip cookie, Lori, I'll have the cookie because there have been times when I deprive myself of the cookie and I will eat 10 things to get that satisfaction, still <laughs> not get it, and then eat the cookie. Right, right. Yeah. And that's, to me, it's it's a really healthy way to go about your life when you have balance in your life. There's, there are so many people, I was listening to um, um, a colleague of mine speak and he said that he will not eat in a restaurant because if they have conventional chicken or um, beef and, and I understand that on a daily basis, right? That you don't want to put in those antibiotics, those pesticides, those hormones, et cetera. Um, but he said he just won't eat if he, even if he's with people, he'll just skip the meat from that restaurant Mm -hmm. and fast. And to me, that's an imbalance in your life. I think that, you know, um, you need to really actually enjoy your life. (laughs) Well, and you know, from like a business standpoint, if I'm, if my client takes me out to dinner and I have a glass of water, they're not going to be my client anymore. <laughs> there's there's got to be some, you know, you're right. There's got to be some moderation, some balance. Right. Um, but we all, you know, I mean, and good for him for being, for doing, for sticking up for sure. his beliefs. Um, but on the other hand, again, it goes back to that balance factor yeah. in every way. Well, and I think, you know, when you were talking about, you know, like loving your body, I haven't gotten there yet. You know, and I, and I used to be really, really trim and fit when I was. You're a, so um, beautiful. I can't even believe you're saying that, but <laughs> it doesn't matter what other people say, does it? 
No, it's what you think when you, when you look in the mirror and, um, you know, as I have gotten more fit with my, I have a trainer now on Sunday nights. That was a big deal for me because it was an investment in myself and it felt really selfish when I still have braces to pay and, you know, sneakers for the kids and gym shoes, all that stuff. Um, but my relationship with my body has gotten better because I used to really hate it, Lori. Like after I had my second baby, I hated it. I looked like a human pudding cup. Like I didn't like anything that I put on, no matter what I did, I didn't like it. And when I started going back to the gym um, and I took my first spin class, I was really afraid and I cried after, you know, because I was so afraid I couldn't do it. This is somebody who's college athlete level, but 25 years later. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I did, I cried in the car after that I made it and I was super sore and, but I went back and I said to myself, I'm going to go back three days a week. And then fast forward now, 18 months later, I just rode like 22 miles in, in under an hour. <gasps> and I, looked at, I took a picture. Oh my Lord. <laughs> I put it on Facebook. Because it was the first time I was proud of my body because of what it could do. And then I felt really stupid because my body made these kids. And I want to send a shout out to my friend, Jen Sanchez, who said the most beautiful, profound thing to me ever. She has twin girls and uh, just completed her treatment for breast cancer. And as a process, they took her breasts off and and replaced them with plastic ones. And she said to me, Sam, you know, I always didn't like my boobs because I thought they were too small. And she goes, now they're gone. And I look at that and go, we have such amazing health, even if we're overweight, even if we're not happy in our body, our bodies work. Yeah, that is, that is making me tear up. That is so profound. You know, it's really an important point. I mean, it's beyond important point to make, especially with this conversation that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, thank, thankfully, you know, if we can start to be, I would say aware of our thoughts and feelings, it's going to take us so far and, you know, and stop using food as your only pleasure in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, look what you did. Yeah. You went and you did a 180, really. <laughs> you know, you stopped sugar and you started, well, you know, you didn't work out right away, but slowly you started working out. And now you're an instructor. Look at that transition. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing. But it, you know, and it didn't happen overnight because I didn't learn to hate my body overnight either, Lori. Mm-hmm. Like that was a good, you know, 10 year, probably maybe 15 year, you know, problem in the relationship. You know, you think about relationships between men and women or, you know, partners, um, mm-hmm. family members, you know, the relationship with my body broke at some point. I don't know why or how or when, but I know it did. It and was after, so, probably after your second child, it sounds like. Pretty much. That was kind of the, like the nail in the coffin. Um, but I had to work back like anything. I had to build back a relationship with myself. And I think when I hit the, um, athletic benchmarks for me, you know, certain time stamps on the bike, certain weights that I could lift all of a sudden I got proud of this body and it became less important 
that it didn't look like the magazines or didn't look like the bathing suit pictures, you know, when I'd order a bathing suit online. And what's funny, Lori, is I'm a computer girl. I know how to Photoshop. I could make myself look like this. But yet I'm holding myself accountable to a Photoshopped image. Exactly. And that's why, you know, I, I would never Photoshop anything. I think it's, you know, it's you're putting out an ideal that you yourself is you're looking at, right? right. So it's affecting you more than anything. Yep. And um, I think it's always important to be true to oneself mm-hmm. and authentic to what, you know, is to whatever degree you can. But I understand the temptation to do that. Yeah. I did it with my dog though yesterday on Instagram, <laughs> but, um, but you know, yeah, it's, it's really, um, I don't know, something we need to be very, very aware and again, stop torturing ourselves, set yourself up for success, set yourself up for, um, you know, keep the junk out of the house because we all know, what if we have that Ben and Jerry's in the back of the freezer, right? Yep. Just keep all that stuff out of your house. Um, you know, that's really, that would be, you know, the foundation right there is to clean up the environment yeah. and then slowly, you know, start becoming more aware, not, not walking around with um, unconscious, but eating behavior. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be totally obsessed but, and I also understand it can be tedious to focus on what you're eating, but just start. It's only going to be in the initial stages anyway, where you're going to, um, but avoid the self-judgment at every turn. All right. No self-judgment. And, um, you know, also again, remember that food, yes, is pleasurable, but it's mainly there to, to, uh, nourish you. Right. And, you're fueled. Hmm. And, yeah. Family. Right. And yes, it can be decadent and delicious and wonderful. And, and thank God for that. But we, th- there's that fine line, right? Well, and, and it's, I think Lori, you know, like if anything for my success, cause I did lose like, I think a total of like around 40 pounds. I'm not wow. sure. Really, yeah. I mean, it took me two years. I, I wouldn't say I was, you know, on the fast track, Um, but I completely redid my body mass and my body shape and everything. And now I can, you know, like lift the bag of dog food. I can do a lot of things. And I think at over 50, I look younger and fitter than I did when I was 40. You look very young. I cannot believe I'm looking at you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would never, ever in a million years guess that. Thank you. Um, I think it was baby steps. You know, like you helped me in the very beginning, you know, the first thing I did was, I know it sounds silly, but I went from like five hamburgers a week to three and then three became one and then it became every other week. And And don't you think that during the, while you were transitioning to less and less, you also became more aware of, um, healthier choices. Yeah. Yeah. And my automatic response in the grocery store to throw stuff in the cart for me and my kids changed. Like you would have laughed at me if you saw like my first decision making thing over like carrots and, you know, fruits and, you know, raspberries. Cause I always thought like, Oh my gosh, sorry, these are so expensive. Like the blueberries. The and then you look at a bag of chips, four bucks. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes. Ah! I love that you said that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
but it was that training. Like my brain was trained a certain way and it needed time to be retrained. And now I go immediately to the produce food aisle, like, you know, and I, my cart is full of that. And maybe every once in a while, a bag will make it in. But I look at my cart as opposed to the other people. And I, I know that some of the moms that are in the line with me were where I was, where they just were doing it because that's what they always did. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it, it, it's also the way you were raised as well. Mm -hmm. That plays a huge part too. So, you know, it's funny. Somebody says heart attacks run in my family. And the answer was nobody runs in your family. (laughs) You know, that's why there's heart disease in your family. (laughs) Sorry, I just got that. That was a little delayed. (laughs) But yeah, and I think there's another important element is to choose only quality for yourself in your life. Um, and I think so many people, we, we don't elevate ourselves enough in every way, in, our, in the way we think about ourselves and in uh, the, the choices that we make in life. You know, if, like you said, that was, an, that was a quality decision on your part, yeah. you know, to do that and to, um, to get, you know, not, to not put the bag of chips you know, when you put the fruit, the berries versus the bag of chips, right? Right. That was a quality decision on your part. And so we all need to believe that we are worthy enough and that we're, because we are inherently worthwhile and deserve to feel good. We deserve to not be sick and to live happy. And it's hard to live happy when you're eating, you know, you're packing your your body full of, you know, seed oils and uh, like vegetable oils, for example, canola oil um, and refined processed foods, white bread. And, you know, this is just creating inflammation and it affects your mood. Oh yeah. Bottom line. So it's hard to be, you know, I'm always envision a world where everybody's eating really healthy and we would have so many nice people running around, you know, no hangry going on. Right. No hangry going on. But I think it, you know, Laurie, it goes so much deeper than that too. It's like some of it's our cultural programming because I come from on one side of my family, there's some really big people. I mean, really big, like my Polish side and Mm -hmm. relatives have said to me, I don't know why you fight it so much. We're all big. And I'm like, I used to believe that. And even my sister's like, you know, well, we're all big in our family. And I'm like, I started looking at what we all ate. We all ate the same thing. So we would all have the same body type. Yes. When I started eating different things, I'm like, this isn't genetic unless you count the DNA of the cooks. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you. It's so funny because um, I did the 23andMe DNA test, right? And I inherited two of uh, the FTO genes, which are the super obesity genes. And, and, you know, my mother's side of the family, they're all obese. And so, but with the, your lifestyle choices are something called epigenetics. That is everything from the outside. You're born with genes that are set, that are set in stone, right? Right. These genes then can express differently with environmental choices, such as the foods we eat, um, the toxins we come in in contact with, even the thoughts we think have an effect on our cellular health. And uh, so, you know, if you're at risk for obesity, 
I could have easily been at risk. You know, I actually was starting to gain weight when I was in my twenties and, um, and quickly shut that down. But, <laughs> you know, epigenetically it's, it's definitely a possibility. And that's the way it is for every single one of us. Yes. You may have inherited the obesity gene. There are so many obese people around that you look at their children mm-hmm. who have a 50% or more chance of being obese all three, the mother, father, and the child are overweight. Uh, you see that. It's clear. It's um, but if they changed the, you know, their actions and the choices that they made, they would become more insulin sensitive. Things would absolutely change for them. And their children, right. would not, they would inherit it, but not, it wouldn't be as strong. Right. Right. It's like we have a choice to stop these. Like not everybody inherits a diamond ring or a mansion. (laughs) Some of us inherit, you know, poor eating habits or, you know, things that don't work. Right. Or alcoholism, like in my family, you know, it goes right down the, the, you know, I, I opted never to drink because I came from a family, you know, my Polish Ukrainian side, all alcoholics. I mean, just one of them. And you could, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's a choice. Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Lori, I loved our time together oh, today. So did I. Thank you, you just so much. Are so wonderful. And if you guys want to find out about Dr. Lori Shemek, go ahead and tell us where to find out and where we can buy your book. Absolutely. You can find me at, on my website, drlorishemek.com, and uh, you'll find lots and lots of really uh, helpful information, helpful and helpful. And uh, you can also find both of my books on Amazon, at Barnes and Noble, um, any bookstore, really. Uh, You can find my first book, Fire Up Your Fat Burn, or uh, How to Fight Fat Flammation as well. I love my Fat Flammation book. It sits in my kitchen, Lori, because it's not only a reminder, but I'll pop in and look for recipes. And I bet you I've read it, I kid you not, probably 10 times because you don't don't get it the first time. And so much of all of this is repetition. Yeah, it really is. And it's a transition too. So like you said earlier, baby steps, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah. Well, drlorishemek.com, Fatflammation. We will be back again next week with another great show. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.